We want to welcome everyone to our 5 o'clock Bible class tonight. Thank you for being here. Uh, one announcement we need to make. Uh, Joy Worley, this is the grandmother of Annabeth Worley and uh, Ashley Hodgen passed away. We need to remember that family uh, in our prayers. At the conclusion of our lesson tonight, uh, if you need to partake of the Lord's Supper, uh, it'll be back in the back. So uh, someone will be there to take care of that. Tonight we have a very special guest with us, Michael Hodgen. Michael is the youth minister for the Tishomingo Church of Christ. He's also a uh, nephew of our Stephen Hodgen, and, uh, and he even claims him. So uh, we're, we're glad that he's here with us. He's going to continue our study in Psalms 119. Brother Michael. Good evening. It is great to be here this evening, and thank you, Brother Tommy, for that introduction. Um, it is such an uh, honor and, and just a blessing to, to be able to come here this evening and, and to worship with y'all and study God's Word with y'all. Um, Brother Stephen, he did. He called me a couple weeks ago and asked me if I'd be interested in uh, filling in one uh, Sunday evening, and I told him, absolutely, I'd love to, and um, I just want to take the opportunity now to, to tell y'all how grateful I am for this opportunity. Um, and always, I, I try to ask, you know, if uh, there's anything that y'all are studying or anything that specific they want me to talk on. And like Brother Tommy said, I'm going to continue with, uh, in Psalms 119, um, and we're going to go start with verse 105 and go through 112. But uh, honestly, I'm going to tell you, we probably ain't going to make it through to verse 112, um, because in verse 105... Um, as we start this study this evening, we can see there is a lot of significance from this one verse that we can apply to our lives today. Um, so if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Psalms 119, uh, verse 105. It says, Your word is a lamp for my feet. It is a light on my path. Now, right here in these, these simple 14 words, we see the illuminating guidance and that supreme power of God's Word, right? I, mean, I believe every one of us here can agree with that, that we can see in this one verse that illuminating guidance and that power of God's Word. Now, here in this single verse, we can see that, that David felt that as he walked the road of life, that the Word of God made his steps clearer. And, and it should be obvious to every single one of us that without his words to guide him, he wouldn't know where to step. And this is true for us today. Um, without God's words to guide our steps, we are lost. Now, if, if you've ever studied anything about David... We are able to see that David was a man of very good wit, um, a man who had a very good natural understanding of things. And today, we, we would call that common sense, right? But we see in this verse that he gives God the glory for his wisdom. 
And he's owning up to the fact that even his best light on his best day, given everything that he has, is but darkness without God shining his light for him. Let's turn to Psalms, um, Psalms 27 and verse 1. Psalms chapter 27 and verse 1. Here we also can see David giving God the glory for guiding him and being that light through this life. Psalms 27 and verse 1, he said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. So whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now, it, it, how many times today can we say that we give God the glory for shining His light for us to see where to go? Oftentimes, it's not enough. But I want to give an illustration here uh, real quickly to help us maybe better understand the value and the importance of having God's Word as a lamp and a guide in our lives. Now, we have to kind of close our eyes and think back to around 1032 to about 970 B.C., around David's time, and realize that they didn't have the luxuries that we have today. When the sun went down, the lights were out. They didn't have street lights. They didn't have street lamps uh, to guide their way for them to continue to travel at night and stuff like that. They had to carry a uh, type of lantern or candles or some kind of torch if they wanted to, to continue to travel at night. Because back then, they had open sewers. They had piles of manure from the animals that traveled through the street that they would push to the side at the end of each day. And if they didn't have that lamp or that lantern to guide them, they're, they're liable to fall into that sewer or, you know, like... Even in that pile of manure, which is pretty bad, you know. So I believe that this illustration helps us see that this is a true picture for us today. This is, uh, shows the path today for us through this dark world. Without God's shining light, we're, we're liable to fall into those, those open sewers or that pile of manure, you know. And I'm not trying to be funny, but that, that's the way it seems today. Um, because many of us know how, how possible it is for each and every one of us to walk through this life lost. But to simply put it this way, God's Word helps us walk the way God wants us to. Now, I know this is a Bible class, so... Can, can I get a couple of examples of the different ways that we describe how we walk today? Well, I'll start us off like, you know, stroll is a, is, a, is a term that we use for walk. Is there a couple more that we can come up with? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> um, well, we have like stomp and march and... Um, Patrol, wonder, I mean, we can come up with different, a hundred different ways to describe how we walk. Um, and all of these are good ways to show that there are many different ways to walk. And each different way 
tells us something different about that way. Um, if I'm stomping, people can probably assume that I'm, I'm angry or upset or something. If we're marching, we usually uh, uh, think of uh, discipline or order, you know, with the military. Um, but as Christians today, how are we to walk in this world spiritually? Because all those ways I just, I just mentioned are ways for us to walk physically. So as Christians today, how are we to walk spiritually in this world? First turn to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. Paul tells us, he says, As a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have recorded, to be completely humble and gentle, to be patient, hearing, with, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. For us today as Christians, we are to walk worthy. And what does it mean to walk worthy? It means to walk in a way that shows the qualities and the abilities of a Christian. I lost my page. Uh, in Ephesians, those other uh, verses I read, verse 2 and 3, tells us we are to walk gently. That's how we walk worthy. To walk patiently, loving one another. That's how we walk as Christians. Secondly, in Isaiah 57, in verse 2, We see another way that we as Christians today need to strive to walk as. It says, Isaiah 57 in verse 2, Those who walk uprightly enter into peace. They find rest as they live in death. So what does it mean to walk uprightly? That means to stand firm in God's principles. And that is important for us, extremely important for us today as we see the many different um, things that uh, people are trying to force upon us and try to get us to tolerate. Um, if we do not take a stand firm for God's Word, then we are not walking as Christians. Uh, thirdly, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7 1 John 1 and verse 7, it says, as Christians for us today, it says, But if we walk in what? In the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. So to walk in the light for us today as Christians means to follow Christ's example. That means to be doing the things that Christ did. He was out teaching and preaching and, and spreading his, God's word to as many as he could. He was helping others. He was loving everyone he came across. And that is the example that we are to follow today. We are to be out 
teaching and preaching and meditating on His Word and doing the best we can to spread His light. And fourthly, uh, Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. Micah 6, verse 8. It says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk what? To walk humbly. With your God. What does it mean to walk humbly for God? It means not to walk prideful or boastful about our lives. Not to bring attention to the things that we are doing for Christ. It is to take the focus off ourselves and to focus on what really matters. And that's God. Now, of course, there are many other examples uh, throughout the Bible of ways that we as Christians should walk today. But these examples here show us that no matter how many others we come up with, none of them are possible without the Word of God lighting our way. The Word of God is one of the most, pra- or one of the most practi- practical benefits of God's Word is guidance in the acts of our daily lives to help us walk worthy and uprightly, and to stay in that light, and to stay humble. Now, of course, we can probably all agree that while, yes, the head needs illumination, we need light to see, but so much more do our feet to see where we're going, lest our feet is going to lead both our head and our feet into the pit, right? Now, the second part of... That brings us to that second part of verse 105, which is that His Word is that light to our path. And the Word of God not only showed David where his feet needed to step, but it also showed him that path that he should remain on. It showed him the next step to take. And it shows us the next step to take. And that is that the Bible teaches us right from wrong. It teaches us that path to stay on. Now, we certainly have some, some of that inner sense of these things, of right and wrong, which nowadays, or today, we call that our conscience. Um, but we have to understand something very important. Our conscience can fail us. Our conscience can be weak. It can allow us to give in to things that we know we shouldn't give in to. Um, our conscience can also, it can be ignorant. It can um, completely ignore the obvious right choice. Um, and sometimes our conscience also can be so damaged with a sense of right and wrong that it can continue to lead us astray. We have to realize that the Word of God is higher than our conscience. And if we allow it, it will teach us. It will teach our conscience truly what is right and what is wrong and how to continue on His path. 
In Psalms 119, um, just a couple verses down in verse um, 110, we see um, that God's Word helps us find truth for these moral choices in our lives, that it is a light for our path. It says, The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. God's Word helps us avoid these snares, these traps that the world sets for us. It helps us distinguish between what is truly right and what is truly wrong. Now, verse 105 helps us see and picture God's Word as a light and a bringer of light. God's Word doesn't make things harder to understand or make things darker for us. It is a book of light and guidance, not a book of darkness and confusion. Now, as we continue to verse uh, 106 through verse 108, I want you to read with me here because we see something very special in verse 106 through 108. It says, I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Now here in verse 106, we see that something very special. We see a determination in his life to obey the word of God. He says, I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. Now, isn't that true for us today as Christians? When we put Christ on in baptism, are we not making that oath when we do that? Not uh, making that oath to God that we will spend our lives determined to obey his word. If we do not have that type of determination in our lives, if we cannot answer yes to that, then we need to look at our lives and see what is truly guiding us. Because the answer isn't God's word. If we are not truly determined every day to give all that we have to obey God's word. Now next in verse 107, we see his determination to obey it came from a season of trials and tribulations, not from a season of, of comfort and ease. In verse 107, he says, I have suffered much. And he said, preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. Now, like I said before, if we know anything uh, about David, we understand that after he was anointed and Saul tried to kill him more than once. And after that, we see he endured seven years um, of war and fighting with uh, Sol or Solomon, Saul's descendants, uh, Ishbel, I think that's how you say it. Um, and then after that, we see that his own son, Absalom, even tried to kill him. And we know the, the uh, trials and tribulations he went through with Bathsheba. So we know that he endured trials and afflictions, that this wasn't during a time of comfort and ease. 
we see that despite his many problems and pains that he was going through, that he looked to God. He looked to God for a reviving and a renewed life. And we see that it was according to God's Word. Now I want to read a, a quote real quick uh, from a Mr. Uh, Chuck Horner. He, is a, he passed away last year. Um, he was an uh, instructor with the World Video Bible School. Um, I never got to meet the man personally, but I've taken many classes of his, and uh, I felt like I knew him. You know, he, he was a great, great teacher, um, and this part, I believe, he had it nailed to a T. He said, the faithful servants of God may be afflicted. They may be very much and grievously aff afflicted, but let them consider this, that by affliction... By those trials, he says, that their corruptions will be purged away. He said, their faith is tried, yes, but their patience through this is perfected. And their brethren are edified and their master is glorified. And I agree with this 100%. That as faithful servants of God, when we are allowing God... His word to guide us through this life. When we are determined every day to obey Him, yes, we will endure trials and, and, and different things throughout our lives. But with God guiding us through, we will find that peace. We will find that understanding. We will also be able to help others grow from it. And most importantly, God is glorified. Now, here in verse 108, <clears throat> we, see, uh, we see David presenting his words to the Lord pretty much as, as you would see a sacrifice brought to the altar. Uh, verse 108, he says, Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth, and teach me your laws. We also see this <clears throat> in Psalms 50 and verse 14. He says, offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. David was offering a, this was a free will offering from David to show his love and devotion to God. Now, as Christians, we have to realize this, that, that God doesn't receive his revenues from a forced taxation Kind of like we see today with our government. We see that whatever we do, whatever we buy, whether we want to or not, we pay taxes on things, on, on cars, clothes, even the jobs we work. Whether we want to or not, taxes come out. It's forced taxation. They receive it whether we want to give it or not, right? Um, but God receives His revenue from a free will donation. Now, he never has and never will force anybody to love him and obey him. But believe me, he, he wants everybody to be saved. First uh, Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. He says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. God doesn't force us to love him. He doesn't force us to obey Him. It has to be a free will offering from in our, inside our hearts. 
We have to understand that there is no acceptance when there is no willingness. Now here also in the second part of verse 108 where it says, Teach me your laws. Now, it's easy for us to have that sinful confidence within our own judgments. To think we know what's best. Um, another quote um, from, this is from Charles Spur- Spurgeon, which I don't agree with everything he wrote, but I do agree with this. He said, These repeat, repeated cries for teaching show the humility of the man of God and also discover to us our own need for instruction. Our judgments need educating until it knows, till it agrees, until it acts upon the judgments of the Lord. We have to allow God's Word to teach us the right way. We sometimes, like I said, we believe that we know what's best, but until inside our hearts, until we are looking to God for everything, agreeing with everything that God tells us, and acting upon what He commands us to do, the way He commands us to live our lives, we cannot trust our own judgments. We have to allow His Word to guide and direct our paths. Now here in Psalms um, uh, 109 through verse 110, we see how to trust in God's Word despite danger that we go through. Verses 109 and 110. He says, Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. Now, the first part in verse 109, where he says, My life is continually in my hand, yet I do not, I do not forget your law. Now, we see, and I talked about it a little bit earlier, we, we see that David's life was, was constantly in danger. Um, but yet we see that his connection to the Word of God stayed strong. We see that he didn't forget God's Word. We know David made mistakes. We, we make mistakes also. But if we have that dedication to live for God, that determination, He is always willing to accept us back. Now, this same idea, it can be seen in Judges chapter 12 and verse 3, 1 Samuel 19 and verse 5, and uh, in Job 13 and verse 14. We see that during these dangers, that these people, Job and them, um, they didn't lose that connection to God's Word. They continued to stay determined to obey God no matter what they went through. Now, Here in verse 10, we see that the wicked, he says, have laid a snare for me, yet I have not strayed from your precepts. The dangers come from determined enemies. These, wasn't, these weren't just people he had just met. These were people who were determined to get rid of him. And we have those in our lives today. Constantly we see you know, the, the, the government and other people constantly 
trying to take God out of... Well, we've seen it taken out of school. We've seen him taken out of school. He's, and other things that, he, that the government and other, other folks are trying to get rid of. But we see also that he says, I have not strayed from your precepts. He did not forsake the word of God. He did not turn from God. This verse helps us understand that we as Christians have to be on our guard. We too have enemies, like I said, that are crafty and wicked and are finding uh, every way to get rid of things. I mean, we've seen silly things being uh, being gotten rid of today. Um, The potato head, you know, Um, Dr. Seuss and things like that, that um, people are trying to get rid of. Um, An example to help us better understand that, um, I'm sure there's many people in here who hunt. and I'm a, I'm a big hunter. But as a hunter, I'm not going to set up my stand in a place where there's no sign, where there's no sign of, of scrapes or rubs from deer. I'm not going to set my stand up where, where there's no action going on whatsoever, because if I do, what's the chances that I kill something? Nothing. It's probably not good at all. probably won't even see anything. And then we have to understand our enemies are not going to set traps. They're not going to set up their stand where we don't go. They're going to set it up in places that bother us, that, that affect us. So we have to be on our guard. By keeping the ways of the Lord, by being determined and staying focused on God, He helps us escape these snares, these traps that these enemies set for us. God's ways, we have to understand, are safe and free from this evil. Now, I, I told my wife I'd probably go fast, and I kind of did. So. <laughs> so we did make it there. So verses 111 through 112. Here we see an enduring commitment that he had to God and his word. It says in verse 111... And verse 112, it says, Your statues are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. Here when he says that your testimonies I have taken as a heritage, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. He's telling us that he rejoiced in God's word with a deep, heartfelt joy. And that's true for us today. We need to rejoice in God's word with all our hearts. And they need to become a heritage for us. They need to become something that people recognize us by. Um, My grandmother, um, her dad left left a letter um, when he passed away. And it was entitled, What I Want to Leave Behind. And in that letter, he describes to us, it's not money, it's not anything physical. What he wanted to leave behind was the same type of heritage. He wanted to leave behind a good name. And what he meant by that was he wanted people to think of Kenneth Carr and think of that was a godly man. He loved God, he would do anything for anyone. And 
help anyone in any way that he can. And that's what our heritage should be focused on, leaving behind, is that love for God for others to see. We see here when he says that I take possession of my heritage, is that he lives on it, he lives in it. It is his treasure and his portion, like I said, as it should be for every single one of us. Now here in the second part, um, he says, I have inclined my heart to perform your statues forever to the very end. Now the theme, once again, of this is, is emphasized here, that, that we are to trust in the Lord, to lean on Him for understanding, to allow His Word to be our lamp and our guide. He tells us that he, he never plans on forsaking God's Word. He's never going to stop reading and meditating and learning and obeying God. And that should be true for every single one of us today. And we see something also that is extremely important. That he begins his work not with his eyes, which we need to see and read, right? Not with the ear, which we need to hear. And not with our tongue, which we need to, to speak these words. But he begins with the heart. And that should be true for us today. That if we're going to live a life for God, that we have to depend on His Word to be that lamp, to guide us, to guide our feet, and a, a light to our path, to continue to direct us in which way to go. Because without it, my friends, we are lost. We are wandering through this world lost with no direction. And that only ends in that eternal suffering that I pray no one has to endure. And God, he, or God tells us too, like I said, that he, he wants every one of us to come to Him to be saved. But we have to understand it's not forced. He's not going to make us love Him. He's not going to make us obey Him. This is something that we have to choose. We have to choose to allow Him to light our way and to light our path. Now, I know I finished about... Ten minutes early. I'm sorry, Tommy. <laughs> I told them. I told my wife. I get. I get excited sometimes, and I move through it pretty quick. And I apologize for that. But um, I do appreciate so many coming out uh, and studying with us this evening. Um, I believe I'll end with a word of prayer. And like Brother Tommy said, if you if you need to partake of the Lord's Supper uh, after this, um, I believe everybody would know what to do. It's in the back. It's in the back. Um, so, if you would, bow with me, and the evening will be yours. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for another opportunity that you've blessed us with to, to be able to come out this evening and to, to worship you and to understand that without your word in our life to, to guide us and to light our way, that we have no direction. Dear God, we just pray that we continue to look to you for this guidance throughout our lives, to look to you to light our way. We just love you so much and thank you for all these things that you do for us, that you bless us with, that, that we don't even deserve. We just, we just pray that we continue to live our lives in a way that, that shine this light for others to see in this dark world. 
Dear Lord, we just pray for all those who, who are sick and shut in. You know their, their needs, dear God, and we just pray that you help them and you return to them their health if it be your will. And we also pray for those who have lost loved ones, dear Lord. We just pray that you comfort them in, in a way that only you can. As we depart, dear Lord, we just pray that you watch over us, keep us safe, and bring us back to the next point in time. We love you and ask you to forgive us when we fail you. In Jesus' name, amen.